And we're live. Hello again, everyone, and welcome yet again to Enterprise Linux Security. And I'm joined, as always, with Zhao from Tuxcare. How you doing? I'm fine, Jay. As always, a pleasure to be here with you. Yep. And, you know, we're big fans of surveillance, so we have we just want to talk about surveillance because we love it, right? We do, don't we? Wait, no, we don't. <laughs> Today we have one of those episodes where your eyes just roll so far back in your head that you lose them. Um, yeah, just to get some context in before we actually dive into the story, we're going to be talking about law in a country that some time ago tried to propose, actually proposed legislation that got overruled, overturned by the courts, where they were going to store DNA from every single person, um, adults, children, everybody, so that it would be available for investigation in case of a crime or something like that. Oh, I'm sorry, did you say Clone Wars? I thought you said Clone Wars. Because <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's how you get Clone Wars, right? Yeah, th that's something that happened. Um, yeah, we're going to be looking at something that uh, the UK is trying to get across as new law. Uh, we've mentioned this in the past. It has to do with uh, the ability to break encryption and asking companies to get them back doors to encryption, whatever the hell that means. Um, that's not exactly how encryption works. No. Um, but actually, before we dive into that as well, I just want to take the opportunity and plug something that I finished a few some time ago. Um, mm -hmm. If you're interested in vulnerabilities and bugs and all of that, but sometimes you're not sure what the, a vulnerability actually is and how the code behind that vulnerability actually looks like, um, I actually have a free book available. It's on the TechScare website. We'll have a link down below in the description. It's called the Bugs Behind the Vulnerabilities. It looks at the top 25 most important vulnerabilities from MITRE's list from last year. And it actually shows the code with the, each of the vulnerabilities, how it's triggered, how you can fix them, and the smells that you need to be aware of when you're coding and when you're reviewing code so that those vulnerabilities don't get past you. Wow, that sounds actually pretty exciting. I might even check that out myself. <laughs> Please do. I will. <laughs> it's a free downloadable, by the way. Yep, absolutely. We'll have a link to that in the description. I'll, pl I'll put it in there after this post on the main website. Then I'll go back and make sure it's added to, you know, every single place I added the podcast to. So you'll be able to find that today. Yeah. So again, sorry if that's not your cup of tea. And let's get into the, the actual story for today. So the, the UK has this legislation called the Investigative Powers Act. It's from 2016, and they have since realized that the IT industry has moved past them and it's moving very rapidly, and uh, the law that they have in place apparently isn't enough for their surveillance purposes. Just from the get-go, it sounds bad, and it <laughs> just goes downhill from there. It definitely sounds like it. It, it. There's this continual struggle between, you know, privacy and law enforcement or, you know, anything legal. And different governments have this problem to different extents. Um, I will give a disclaimer, you know, before we get started that, you know, I don't personally know much about the UK, you know, system and how that works and all of that. But, you know, this is something that's going to impact the world if this is some, if it gets into play exactly as they're wording it now. And I read through it, and I especially hated, and I'll get to this later, the um, 
UK, I think it's uk.gov. I'll I'll look for the link when they're the, the positive spin they're putting on this, and it's just hard to think when you know what we know that there's really any positivity to be found here. Like I don't think I've seen a single thing that I I think is a good thing in my opinion so far. One of the big news around this has been the the encryption backdoor thing. Everybody has been focused on that. We have actually mentioned this on the previous podcast episode, actually the last one we made a brief mention about this at the start, because it was the big story around this proposed legislation change. And their idea around the, the encryption backdoor is that, again, if you know anything about encryption, you're immediately going to see the problems with this. But the, the lawmakers are trying to, to have a way that the government and law enforcement can look at encrypted communications and encrypted data and be able to look at the contents, but only them and only in specific circumstances. And again, knowing just the bare minimum about security and about encryption, if there's a way that somebody can access and look at the, the data behind the encryption, it's not just that person that's going to be able to do that. And it's going to be very quick to, to be out there in the open how to access that data. There's no such thing as backdoors for encryption. It doesn't work like that. The math doesn't work like that. Right. And they are still trying to push that. The legislation at this point is at the, state, at the stage where they're asking for comments from the public and from the industry and all of that. But the way that this is set up in the UK, they actually don't have to take into account any of the comments that they receive. If they so choose, they can push ahead with the law. And I believe they have a majority in Parliament. They can get this approved. And this can go in effect. But don't just stay focused on the encryption backdoor. That's absolutely ludicrous that they're trying to get that. But that's not even the worst that they're trying to push. Wow. So... They're right from the start. There's, they're getting this notion about the notice, which is a notification that is given to operators. And operators is a word in this context that describes anybody providing any service in the communication space. It can be a telecom operator, a software maker, code libraries, for example. Anybody that has any stake in the communication pipeline can be can receive a notice. A notice is a document that originates from the Secretary of State from the UK. It has to be co-signed by a member of the judicial. And again, if you've watched the, the show Silo, you'll, this word will pop up a few times. But it has to be co-signed by a member of judicial. If the receiver, if the, peop, the person or the company receiving the notice has any complaints, it's perfectly free to appeal to the Secretary of State, you know, the one who actually created the notice in the first place. So they're perfectly free to take it up with them again, and it will obviously stay exactly as it was at the start. Um, two things here. An operator is obligated to comply with the notice even before receiving it. If this sounds weird, and I want to use a harsher word here, but I won't, it is. Um, so if you just get the phone call from law enforcement saying that, okay, we need access to the records from someone or we need to be able to snoop into somebody's communications, you have to allow them in and you have to give them access even before you receive the official notice about it. That They just say, oh, we will eventually make sure that the notice reaches you. 
Additionally, that co-signature by the member of judicial, that person only has to approve the notice. It has no other purpose or any other intervention in the notice. So this comes from the Secretary of State and his office or her office in this case is the only, the only entity responsible for creating the notices. Um, again, immediately it screams oversight issues, but that might just be me. Well, I think there's a lot more wrong with it than that, um, because this is going against the this this entire thing goes against things that we recommend on this podcast. For example, you know, install your patches. We we keep saying that because it you know it's it's proven time and time again that that helps. It just it really does help. But imagine having to get permission before you could do that from not from your boss, not from your company but someone else. Yeah, that's something else. Apparently the, the original law that they're trying to update already have some provisions in which they can ask the operators to change their systems in such a way as to allow for surveillance or for that data gathering such that law enforcement can have access to that. But they're not satisfied with that. So they want to make it so that a company like, say, WhatsApp or the company behind WhatsApp or Telegram or Signal or any other of the large communication platforms out there, they know about the vulnerability that affects their systems. They, are, they will be legally prevented from releasing an updated version of their application until the Secretary of State says that they can do that. Why? Because it might interfere with uh, the law enforcement ability to snoop or to use that vulnerability to surveil somebody. Again, the eyes are just rolling, rolling, rolling back here. And Yeah, this is just, um, it's terrifying to me, you know, it's just such a disregard for logic and reality here that it... it can only seem to come from somebody either completely despondent to their job or just to tech. Maybe they just don't understand the tech side. But then if they don't understand the tech side, why are they trying to draft something like this about something that they don't understand? Or do they understand and they don't care? Either way, it's wrong. You know, I just don't know where, what approach, like no matter what angle I choose to go at this from, it's still a facepalm. If you think that we're making this up, this is actually in written form on the request for comments. We're not making this up. This is written down exactly as we're putting it out there. Um, they want the ability to say, okay, you can patch this, you cannot patch that. If you're in any way familiar with the amount of vulnerabilities that come out each and every single day, and the amount of effort that goes into patching those vulnerabilities, and Keeping, making sure that your users are always using the latest version and they're not susceptible to having their systems hacked because of a flaw, you know that any barrier that you put here, any delay that you introduce into this process will make malicious actors' lives easier. <laughs> Why are you trying to do this? It's amazing. Yeah, and um, Brian in our chat room brought up uh, GDPR. And um, this is kind of, you know, getting outside of my, my realm. I do know about it, you know, the, the over the high level details there. But um, it does kind of seem, at least from my vantage point, a little conflicting, I think. Does it to you? Well, the UK is no longer in EU. 
So oh, that's right. They're trying to roll back lots of the of regulations and laws that were applicable in the UK from the times that they were in the EU. They didn't do this in time until Brexit was concluded, so they still have a lot of laws that are being applied today as they were before, but they are trying to revert those. I don't know how it, refer how it will interfere with GDPR, but keep in mind that this is for law enforcement purposes. Some of the provisions in GDPR make allowances for that. Again, the way that this proposal is written down, they don't really care if it interferes with something else. There is actually a quote here that I was going to bring up in the future, um, further along, but I'll do it now. So, they want to be able to refuse the request to patch a vulnerability. For real, they have this written down and they are asking for comments on this. And this would apply worldwide. Apparently, they are annoyed that companies, and I quote, will reject requests which they feel are illegal in their host jurisdiction or which they believe would be unethical to meet, for example, where the interests of a third country might be adversely impacted. So they don't really care if it interferes with anybody else's problems. They just want to be able to snoop into the communications wherever those platforms are operating, wherever the users are located, they want to have access to the data. Yeah, that's... Um, <laughs> Mind I'm, I'm a little speechless on this because there's just so many... Um, so if, it's, if, some, if they think something illegal is going on, like, obviously a company doesn't want to comply with something that's illegal um, in the... Because, I mean, the article that... I know you sent to me earlier is saying that it might violate international law. Like this is a, a really big deal that um, it's like they're downplaying the overall impact of this by far. It is. And again, going back to the backdoor on encryption, if they succeed in getting companies to implement some type of backdoor in encryption, every other country will have access to the same backdoor because the expertise on how to exploit that backdoor, it doesn't stop at the UK border. So other countries have lots of very smart people too, and they will find a way to access it. If they know that it exists, they will look for it. If they have to bribe somebody, somebody in the UK to have access to the information, they will. The information will leak. So right. we're talking about opening avenues for intercepting communications between reporters, between um, refugees between people that are being prosecuted in other countries where we don't want that to happen. We actually don't want that to happen anywhere, apparently. Right. But more so, putting this into place and making this the, this type of tools available for everybody will get a lot of people at risk and will make a lot of people suffer for this decision. This is not just about the IT angle here. This is about real-world people, real-world problems, and people will get hurt because of this. If I was a company that was thinking about operating in any place where something like this is in effect, I immediately think of, you know, if there's a security vulnerability, obviously I'm going to patch it as quickly as I can, but I wouldn't want to operate in a way where I have to leave that vulnerability open, risk my business, risk, you know, data leaking, like, like someone mentioned GDPR, and you know, like that person said, who's responsible because I want to patch this. I, I don't want my users to have this issue, but then I can't patch it because the government 
makes me wait until I get approval. And I have a feeling it's probably not a few minute process, I don't think, I highly doubt that. So um, what if I'm waiting like weeks or, or worse, you know, months for the ability to protect my servers from, you know, threat actors just to make the government happy. So I'd have to risk my business to make the government happy. And I would think if, you know, a lot of companies pull out, that would probably make the government unhappy too. So I, I guess I don't understand what they think they're going to um, achieve. I know what they, they've written on the article that they think they're going to achieve, but the damage just is way bigger than anything they could gain from this. Again, this is completely weird. and Yeah. It makes you wonder who actually writes these types of things because it can't be anybody that has any understanding of how these things work. Imagine... It's written... Oh, go ahead. Imagine who's going to be responsible if a hack using a vulnerability that could have been patched hasn't been patched because of this. Who's going to be liable for that? Who's going to be brought up to charges if someone is hurt, if some systems break down, if somebody loses a lot of money, if, say, a company like Microsoft or Amazon or one of the big five loses customers or loses business, they will put the government on trial for this. They will ask for compensation for this. How is the UK government opening themselves up for liability like this? Because that's going to happen eventually. It's just a matter of time if this moves forward. And the, the, the thing here with the application of this type of thing worldwide is because as a company, you can't just say, okay, I'm going to patch my application for just the users in the US or just the users in Portugal or just the users in Sweden and not for the users in the UK, because everybody knows that geo-blocking works perfectly fine, right? Oh yeah, um, no, it, I mean, absolutely not. I still remember my static IP was listed as being in New York for a long time before it like got updated, so you never know where it's gonna say your egress point is. It's impossible to comply with this in a way that will let you segregate users that way. So if, you're, if your company is forced to comply with it, it has to comply with it worldwide. So you won't be able to patch your users in the US until the Secretary of State from the UK says it's okay to do so. If that doesn't blow your mind... Well, I think it just goes to show you, and this is advice for all governments, okay? I'm just going to give a, a piece of advice for every government on the planet. If an individual that you are wanting to write a potential law still uses MapQuest as a verb, do not have them write it, please. That's all I'm asking. Don't let them write it. Please have somebody who understands technology do this because, you know, because it just boggles my mind because I, I feel like these things come from people who they, they don't necessarily think they know technology, but they just think everything just falls in the way that they think it's going to fall and that, um, you know, the same people that probably ignore the Windows update message on their computer for as long as they possibly can. You know, these are the people that write these and they don't, it, it's like having um, a heart surgeon try to fix your car. What? I mean, it doesn't even work. It's like, there has to be some sort of a, a missing link here where they just have the wrong people or maybe they just don't care. I don't know. It's one or the other or both. I absolutely have no idea because, I mean, this is government level. They have to have people advising them on this type of issues. How can this come out with this language and with these provisions in place and asking for approval? 
if it's so obviously wrong and it's so obviously going to fail immediately, <laughs> this is impossible to, to enforce. They want access, they want access to encrypted data, they want access to every platform anywhere in the world for any user. There's uh, Ignoring all of the IT questions here, there's no way that other countries are going to be and play along with this. As soon as they try to spy on me or you or somebody in the or other people in the US or other people whatever, those countries are going to complain. This has no way of actually moving forward as they as they wanted to. And immediately they, they come and this has been true for every type of surveillance law that has come into effect in the past twenty years. It's always about the children. That's how every single piece of legislation like this always starts. It's about protecting the children. That's a great ideal. That's fantastic to, to do that. There's no way that people can argue against that. And that's why they use it immediately as an argument. Because if you go try to fight some piece of legislation like this, they'll just point at you and say, oh, you're interested in other things. No, it's just common sense. This is ridiculous legislation. This should never have been brought to light and it should be <laughs> taken back and shot and <laughs> hidden away somewhere. And hidden away somewhere. It's impossible for this to, to move forward, this is. I feel like this the, the psychological community needs to take a look at this. This might be a good case study. The fact that this was put out in, in, in like like it's a good thing or you know in, in, with a, with a straight face. Someone put this out with a straight face. That's a psychological experiment to me. but um, it, but you know you gotta you gotta understand where they're coming from. I mean, CVEs are a, a big threat to children. I mean we gotta we gotta we gotta like understand this, right? Like kids are all over the world are, you know, impacted by CVEs as they, as we tell them not to eat their crayons or, you know, stop licking glue and all this other things that they do. But the CVEs are important, but it's, I agree, as soon as they say it's about the children, no, it's about the fact that they can't really understand technology. So rather than understand it, they want to bend it to their will, which is the wrong way to handle it. It's, you know, dumb down the technology, you educate the people that are using the technology. But again, I think I'm just old-fashioned, maybe. <laughs> and this will set a precedent. If they push this forward, this will set a precedent. Other countries will look at this, oh, they're doing this, we want to do this as well, we want to look at the data as well. And then something interesting is going to happen. Those governments on other countries will want to spy on people that are living in the UK, for example expats or other people or somebody from the UK is communicating with somebody from their country and they want to look at that information as well. Will the UK government approve of that? Will they like that? Because the thing is, if that other country has a legislation like this, they won't care at all if what the UK government thinks. And right. it will be impossible to stop it. This is a can of worms that you do not want to open. Why do I get the feeling like the... if? In a universe where this all goes through, we end up in a situation where every country has their own internet. Like, like they're not even interoperable. Yeah. Like, every country has their own internet because they have different things going on. And I almost feel like, in some ways, um, you know, the Great Firewall, I don't know if it's actually called that, but the Chinese Firewall on their internet is, is an example of this. They have a lot of restrictions there. So, and other countries have fewer or more restrictions depending, but... Um, when you're dealing, doing business globally, I mean, imagine 
now nobody could buy anything from Amazon or this site because Amazon pulls out and then this company pulls out and then what what's left? And then, oh, our economy is, is uh, going down. Who would have thought that would happen? <laughs> Again, walled gardens. It's what you have with the, with the stores from the different phone makers, from iPhones and Androids and all of that. It doesn't work across across devices when it could very easily work. Um, it's a walled garden and you're gonna be <laughs> you're gonna roll back 20 30 years of internet that we have at this point with stuff like this and this is this is so so weird I really, it, it really, really is it leaves me speechless completely so um, when you you've been, you mentioned that this could be this could set a precedent it's always funny to me that if something passes, it sets a precedent. But if something fails to pass because of a common sense reason, that doesn't set a precedent. They'll try again and again and again and again and again. So it's like there's no precedent set from failure. There's only a precedent set from things passing. So it's not like, you know, I don't see anything in this article that they looked at other governments and what they're doing and, you know, and things that have passed or failed, you know, beforehand. It's just, um, it's just, they don't seem to, the, these things keep coming, you know, the backdoor and encryption thing keeps, it's a topic that keeps on coming up over and over again. And it just doesn't seem to stop. It just seems to keep happening and no precedent is set for failure because they're going to keep trying. But at some point, I think people have to learn this is not the way to do it. And it's not really working. And it's going, and if it does pass, it's just going to mess up everything else. And then they have this very fine piece of writing. They want companies to work openly and willingly with them, while at the same time strengthening enforcement options for non-compliance. So this is speak softly and carry a big stick. Teddy Roosevelt would be proud. Oh boy, yeah, that's a good one. Um, yeah. So what? So the, what can we do? I mean, one thing I could think of is if they want comments, give them comments. But I also say... You know, obviously, you know, not everybody is living in the UK that listens. We have a global audience. They could be from anywhere. But if you do happen to be there, um, assuming it's, I, I hope the comments are open to literally everyone, give them comments. But don't flame them. Don't, you know, insult them or drop F-bombs or whatever in there. Just just educate, you know, put facts in there, you know, actual case studies or peer-reviewed studies or news articles from companies that have been blown wide open from um you know, things that this would impact and just really try to underscore the science and the logic behind this because they're not using logic. So I think if they're going to listen to logic, it's going to be us that's going to have to provide that, I would think. But what else? Can you think of anything else? I mean... Yeah, there, there's actually one thing that you, if you're in the UK, if you have, are in some position to influence this or to comment on this, you could ask them to provide one example where a backdoor on encryption ever worked. That's just one thing that you could that you could come out with. Um, another one is that how are they prepared to deal with other countries reciprocating this and other countries using legislation like this and using it on UK nationals and UK nationals being affected by legislation on other countries? Because that's one of the things. In World War II, one of the big quotes from from Churchill, actually, and again, sorry for not making this 
actual an actual code. But um, Germany was operating under the impression that they could bomb everybody, but they would never be bombed themselves. The UK in this case is operating under the the same logic. They're going to ask for legislation that lets them spy on everybody, and they're expecting nobody else to spy on them. It doesn't work that way. It never has. It never will. And expecting it to operate that way, that way is just, I mean, childishly. There's no other way to put it. It's not right. It's not an adult thing to to expect on this situation, let alone something at the government level. Um, this will have repercussions that they are not f seeing yet. Um, again, I don't want to get into the politics of this, but they are still debating uh, some of the the results from Brexit with the EU. There are still lots of things left unsolved there, and adding this to the pile of stuff that will throw some sand into the, the workings of that will just make things drag along further. Um, there's absolutely no way that other countries are, are going to go along with this for the simple fact that it will be used against anybody anywhere and it will impact companies anywhere. There are provisions in this legislation that say that a company doesn't have to have a physical presence in the UK or even any type of presence in the UK at all as long as it has customers in the UK. And if you think about it, that's they just described the entire internet ecosystem right there. Um, mm -hmm. Sure, the big names will have some local branches open in the UK, but the majority won't. Uh, companies from Japan, companies from the US, companies from wherever are still operating globally and will have no presence in the UK and will still be impacted and required to comply with this. Which, again, is a yet another step here that I have no idea how they are expecting to enforce. How are they going to to make a company in China comply with something like this? How are they expecting that to happen? That and, you know, it's interesting to me that, you know, countries spy on other countries. That's just, you know, we see that in the news and that's under the legal um, radar, obviously. And that unlawful spying is going to happen before, during, and after this. The only exception, or the only difference, is spying is made easier for everybody if this passes. That is still good. They're still going to be spying. It's just going to be a heck of a lot easier for people to do that um, than it's ever been before. So even that backfires. And then the other thing is, um, you know, as far as enforcing this, um, you know, assuming they have a subpoena, I don't know if they call it the exact same thing, you know, I think you've uh, installed an update you didn't tell us about. Let's, we're going to subpoena your, I don't know what they would subpoena, your Ansible config? Or, you know, what exactly are they going to subpoena, the, the repository? And then are they going to even know where inside there to go to find out exactly what they did? Because if they wrote this, I, I have a feeling they're not going to be able to make heads or tails of a Git repository. Let's be honest. <laughs> Companies will be required to provide the information, detailed information about their architecture and their infrastructure to law enforcement in the UK. Again. Mm -hmm. But I mean, someone that that's non-technical gets, gets it, blueprints it and code. It, they don't it, even know what to do with it. They could have a list of changes and like the bullet points are going to be like updated this library to this version and this server for this language. And they're going to be like, I have no idea how to approach that sentence, let alone know what they changed. Look, if that had any hope of working, we would have fixed cybersecurity years ago. 
if somebody could come into somebody else's architecture and look and spot problems or identify changes or all of that at the level that they require here, we would have fixed cybersecurity years and years ago. It doesn't work that way. <laughs> it never has worked that way. The expectations and the reality here, they're not even in playing in the same league. <laughs> they're miles apart. And, and again, the, yeah. this plays into what we were talking before. How is it possible that at the government level, with advisors, with people who know better than this, and I'm sure people know better than this, how the hell does this come out and see the light of day? Again, <sighs> yeah, speechless. That's, I, I feel like I am too. I think this is the most speechless I've been on this entire podcast because it's like there's just nothing to talk about other than the fact that this is just brainless. I, I, I mean, that's it. I mean, I have nothing else to say other than that. And things like this are a bad sign. This We need governments to understand technology accurately and then approach, you know, any jurisdiction they want to or anything they want to pass. They need to understand what they're trying to put a law on top of. If they don't, there's really nothing good that could come out of this in any angle, even if it wasn't tech related. It could be some other industry. If they know nothing about it, then obviously there's not going to be a match and it's going to be um, a crap show. Yeah. And somebody mentioned this in the, in the chat. Countries that impose surveillance can trade with themselves. Yes, they can. And we know for a fact that this has happened. And we know some big countries are trading intelligence secrets with each other and have and give access to each other's infrastructure so that they can more easily spy. But it's restricted to that group of countries. And the thing here is that this is not restricted to anything. There's no restriction here. They don't impose any limits on where they can look. As long as it's a company that tangentially does any business in the UK, they will be able to request access to that company. And if you recall, the Pegasus stuff. The Pegasus is a spyware that's deployable on smartphones. It's developed by a company in Israel, which only sells it to the good guys and to the countries and law enforcement. And I was heavy doing heavy air quotes here. Um, right. And it was found as in reporters' cell phones, in government official cell phones, in government members of many different countries in Europe. And it's being discussed at the highest level in the EU. There's investigations going into this and which countries are using it and who, why are they using it against other countries. Uh, it's exactly the same thing that this legislation will lead to. There's no difference at all in the, the, the end result there. We're going to see a mess like Pegasus with this type of, uh, of spying here that they are trying to get, uh, to get approved. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, anything else you want to bring up about this uh, doom and gloom uh, thing that we hope fails? I'm, I'm not so sure if this is doom and gloom or if this is just another skit from Monty Python or something like that. Because <laughs> yeah, I think that considering where it came from, that's probably, I mean, yeah, that's an awesome show. We know where it came from. So We're going to see somebody with coconuts making horse sounds just because they don't have the money to pay for sound effects just coming along right, right now or something like that and saying, hey, surprise, we were just kidding or something like that. Because... This is ridiculous. It's insane that it got that it got out in this form. 
it will be even worse if it makes it across the across parliament please if you are in any position to influence this in the uk please speak out please reach out to whoever your constituent is and talk to them explain to them why this will never work use simple words apparently that's the only ones that they can understand right Explain it in the in a simple way if you can. Don't scream at them. You know, obviously, as soon as you do that, they're not listening anymore. If you insult anyone, they're not listening anymore. Education is the only thing that can help. I mean, just just get the information out there and uh, just let them know why. Give them the technology. They want the technology. Give them the technology. Let them know exactly why this is a bad idea. And I think we have to just keep an eye on these things. If they try to pass. You know, the experts need to chime in and let them know if it's a good idea or a bad idea. And that's what they need. They need to know this. On the other hand, if nothing works and this comes along and is approved, if your company company is doing business in the UK, you should sit down with your board and discuss the changes that will force your company to to adopt Mm -hmm. because it will have an impact on what you're doing you either move out of the UK entirely or you will have to prepare your infrastructure to comply with this type of requests in whatever form they may be and they may come. So That's a horrible decision because obviously pulling out of the UK means a massive loss in revenue. But also being blown wide open by threat actors and having all of your servers completely hosed, that also has a way of impacting your revenue as well. So it's like you're choosing one or the other and both so both are not good things to decide. You, you want to do business in the UK. You have customers there that love your products or what it is your business does and they want to do business with you. And then you have to pull out just because of something like this, lose all of that money or risk losing money in a, a big um, you know breach, which could be the other way to do it or that'll happen. At that point, your cybersecurity response team will be ransomed by the UK government. It will only operate when the UK government says it can. That's not the position you want to be in. Um, Your threats are global. You will not be able to respond only when the UK government approves it. You will have to respond faster. So, again, if this comes to pass, you really, really need to, to bring this conversation into your company and discuss it at the higher level because this will definitely have a great impact on what you're doing. Yeah, just like um, everyone else in the world, you know, everyone in the UK, we love you. We really do. We're sorry that you're dealing with this. Um, you know, we, there's just a lot of people there that just, you know, they just want to go about their day to day, buy whatever, you know, do business with whoever they do business with. Just now that this whole thing, hopefully it doesn't pass and that doesn't become something that people there or in the world will have to deal with. Because like we said, this is going to have an impact on everyone. Uh, this isn't isn't just yeah it starts there but the impact is much larger so we'll we'll be talking about this i i feel like there's going to be updates as this uh goes down the chain and we'll be watching this to see what the next thing is hopefully to report that it has been completely blown out of the water yep thank you very much to everybody who joined as always it was a pleasure and until the next one see you next time